This is episode 191. I've done Shrek like 18 times. <laughs> At least 18. <laughs> no more, no less. Well, if it's at least, then that's at least that... it's the tone control. <laughs> oh, bing, 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 bing. We don't have the bell because Justin has it and he's not here. It's a very special tone control. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Good? Good. Welcome to the Tone Control, ladies and germs. Um, I just realized Justin has my bell from the last time I was in Cincinnati. So this is going to be it. This is the bell-free episode of the Tone Control because Justin's away. As you heard last time, um, Mark, Justin's dad, was diagnosed with liver cancer, very unfortunately. So um, today was a big surgery, and it was a big deal. Um, for Clan Justin. So he's taking the day off, um, but I have an update. Mark is doing very well. So they're out of surgery and everything's looking great. It's just a crazy day, really hectic, very stressful, obviously, but everyone's feeling much better. There is much relief. So uh, tone control family, you can you can exhale now. <laughs> That's good. Yes. Yeah, so a, joining a- me now is Eric, friend of the show and patron Eric Giwabaldi. <laughs> Whichever name you want it to be, you can kind of just pick one and just that that can be it for a week or two. So that's fine. It's Eric and Derek. Eric and it's Derek. the tone oh, control. We didn't make that connection. That's funny. we should have we should have done that. We should have. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're here. Um, it was kind of like a hectic day for me at work. Yeah. And then I was like, we've got this podcast tonight. Things are a little different. Worrying about Justin and the family and stuff. And like, then the message comes in from Justin, like. Hey, everything's looking great. We're feeling good. I was like, oh, what a relief. So the positivity is flowing here at Tone Control HQ. And mm-hmm. um, what do we call your house? Like Tone Control um, um, uh, Annex. How about yeah, that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> part two. But you're right. Tone Control Part Three, I guess. Part Three, yeah. <laughs> the return. Um, the return. <laughs> the, the, the control. Well, be part Two, I suppose. The sequel. The so anyway, um, <laughs> that's <laughs> the pre-sequel. The pre-sequel. Um, so yeah, things are a little bit different today. Uh, we did not want to organize a show based around gear news because, you know, things are different. So like, let's just lean into having a guest host, so to speak. Is there um, any gear news? Like, are we missing out on anything this week? Not there's really, one right? thing that is in my show notes, but I do want to save it for when Justin's here because I think he's going to have some things well, to damn. say. And um, plus, no, it's not cool. even out yet. It's just like a press release. So we'll we'll wait. Hopefully, next time the thing will actually be out. But mm. um, I want to start very quickly. I don't have any of the gear that Justin has to run this show the way that we run it. So, real quick, this episode is not going to be video rich on YouTube. <laughs> it will be on YouTube, but it will just be a logo. You can skip we're, this one. Yeah, we're not recording video this time, so just deal with that. Um, 
and yeah, I guess that's kind of really the only detail. No pedal demos. I don't have my guitar hooked up. Um, what else? It's just going to be a straight up hashtag deal with it, as Doug says in the chat. Um, recording session. If that's going to be bunch their gripe, of, then I, th- I think they're they're probably yeah. not our target audience to begin with. Well, we used to <laughs> our target audience. Okay, <laughs> we used to say I've been here what five minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taken over. Um, we used to say like, oh, if you don't like it, we'll give you your money back. But now that we have a Patreon, that's not actually true. <laughs> you can't say so that we, anymore. We can't say that anymore. Yeah. Um, so anyway, real quick, I guess, thank you to Pedal Genie for sponsoring the Tone Control. I still have my pedal from last time, but we're not going to demo it today. Again, back to normal scheduling next episode. But um, yeah, we have a Discord, and if you're not in it, you're fucking up. So... Join the Discord. It's discord.io slash tone control. And it's it's a good gang of folks, including Eric. And mm. we were talking a bunch in Discord. And one of the questions recently from just a, a guy, a cool dude in the Discord, asked about gigs. Like, what do we do about gigs? And we're always talking about gear and tone mm. and like crap like that, you know, and we don't actually talk about the work. I think that is why you have all those things. Yeah. Like why you have all those pedals and, and why you care about tone is because you're a guitarist and like, what is it you're doing as a guitarist and stuff? So I thought, um, it was a good chat in discord. This was like a few weeks ago. Yeah. I remember the chat. I, I, you know, what's funny is I, I really, I, I was, I remember the day, distinctively I was like running around doing errands all day and I couldn't really chime in a whole lot. So this mm-hmm. is kind of funny how this like worked out. Cause now I have my chance to do all the chiming in that I missed out on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you messaged me like if we, if there's ever a podcast episode about gigs, I demand to be featured. And you know, and, I had known that this, we are. right. I had known this break in Justin's schedule was coming. I was like, this is it. This is the perfect time. Especially perfect I think now time. that, right. Now that the world is kind of opening back up, yeah. And gigs are becoming available. It's uh, certainly something to talk about. It's like a hot topic again. We talked about yeah. it a lot when it was going away, and now we can talk about it as it's coming back. Yeah, yeah. So um, we threw the question out in Discord. Well, we threw the request out for questions, and we have a bunch, and I have a bunch also. Um, so I just wanted to like preface this by like pointing out, like, so who is Eric, right? Who is this schmuck that just shows up on the tone control and starts talking about gigs? This guy like he, changes his like, name once a week. <laughs> right. Who is this clown? Um, so, that, so that is my question. Who is this clown? Um, I don't want to know. Nobody ever wants to know the answer to when did you start playing guitar. Yeah. But, um, you know, a quick rundown of like your musical background. And sure. I want to point out also that Eric's one of the, I think the only active member in our community. I'm sure there are others that are listeners though. Um who is a full-time guitarist. Like, that is your job. Yes. and Capital J job. Right. And that's a, an important distinction, I think, because the majority of guitar players are not professional guitar players. And, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a totally different game for you than it is even for me, who's just an informed hobbyist, basically, with some crummy podcast. So, um, yeah, tell, tell us the background. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember, it, I think I'm going on my 17th or 18th year and, you know, I started off the same way everybody else does. You know, you take lessons and you do whatever going through high school and all this stuff. And then I did end up going to college 
for music. Um, I studied music performance at uh, UMass Lowell, and I did that whole thing. And that's probably roughly about when I started to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't anything too crazy work, um, but, you know, it was work all the same. Uh, I also, I don't know how much we'll talk about this, but one of the other gigs that I do is I teach. I teach lessons too, so that's that's one thing that a lot of, I think that I think that's one thing that a lot of guys who do what I do yeah. probably do as well. Um, I was going to say, I think that qualifies as as still being a professional guitarist because like that you make yeah. money from the from the instrument. Right. right. And even if that is like it's not sales, you know, it's not yeah you're not working yeah, in a guitar I, store I selling gear. That, like yeah, some yeah. office job or something like that. Like a certain somebody I know. Well, um it's also it's also not <laughs> guitar sales. Like you're not working in guitar retail. You know, it, right. it's you're working in lessons, which I still think I, I would qualify that as Counting. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not so, a tech at like Guitar Center or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I did that and doing the school thing was great. I, I, I met some really great people. I studied with some really great teachers, um, saw some really great performances. Uh, that was, one, that was the, like one of the cool things about being a music major is like one of your things that you do for credits is you have to see performances. And a lot of them happen mm. there, right there at the school. But, like, you could also, like, there was, like, a list of, like, uh, certified venues, if you will, that you could go and see a show and provide a ticket stub, and it would count towards your, you know, grade for the semester. So um, that's interesting to me. Now, what do you do after that? Do you have to, like, prove that you were there or, like, yeah, analyze so it or we, write we some it, kind of uh, paper? Or Yeah, so it's called Recital Hour. Um, and like everybody, that's our, I guess for lack of a better word, that was our class that we all had to do. But mm-hmm. at the beginning of every single recital that happened at the school, there were like these little slips that you would just kind of fill out with your name and like, think like your, you know, maybe like your, not your ID number. Cause I don't think anybody really had that memory, you know, so just your name and you know, something else on it maybe, but, uh, that was it. Uh, and then you just literally like put it into like a shoebox at the, <laughs> at the end of the recital and you're, and you got, uh, credited for being there that night or whatever. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it, it was, and you had to do, uh, I think we all had to do 10 of them, I think in the course of a, which, I mean, that's really not that hard to do. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a lot and it is if you wait around, but like, you know, it, that's, that's easy to do. Nice. Um, that's, that's, I never knew that. That's very interesting. Yeah. So I did the school thing. And getting out of school, I was sort of like, I don't want to use the word lost, but it was like sort of like, you know, like, okay, well, now what? Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of it just kind of, uh, (laughs) I feel like this is going to be the easy answer that I can dodge a lot of questions and can answer like a generalized question that gets asked. But like, I kind of just like did it. Like there wasn't really, I never sat down. I never sat Mm -hmm. down and was like, okay, so first I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to learn this song and then I'm going to meet this person. Like it wasn't really planned out per se as much as it just sort of happened. I don't want to, you know, as cliche as it might sound, it did kind of happen naturally. You know, one thing leads to another. You meet this person, they tell this person and then you work with that person and then this third person comes into the mix and then you meet this guy on this gig and you meet that singer mm-hmm. on that gig, etc. Doug's cetera, pointing et out in the chat that it like organically might be a better term. Like, yeah. It's yeah, not because yeah. I think that you still need the motivation to do it. Yeah. Which like maybe if you it's didn't a have a plan. Yeah. yeah. If you didn't have a plan clear cut and written down necessarily, like, that's a different thing. Some people right. need that, but it sounds like you didn't. 
which is yeah, good. Like I, I literally like one of my first big, de- I guess I'll say one of my first big deal gigs, I actually got it off Craigslist and I ended up doing it for four years. And I met some of the greatest people that I've worked with to date. Um, nice. <clears throat> you know, very good friends of mine. Uh, it was a great experience and it sort of like got me started in the, like, I think you can probably do this with any local music scene, but like around here in, you know, Massachusetts slash New England, like, uh, we all run in groups, you know what I mean? Like everybody knows another person depending on what music right, you the, play. The Even degrees if you don't, of you know, separation you know, are pretty small. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, it's, you know, it, it, word travels fast, man. Like, mm-hmm. like you can, you work with this person and then they find, oh, I, I, I saw you played with this person and whatever. And you times that by 15 other people and it just sort of goes from there. So nice. yeah, I mean, organically is a, is a good word for it. Um, yeah. His follow-up comment is that saying naturally implies there was little to no effort, and I think that's a good distinction. It's yeah. a subtle distinction, but it's important. Um, yeah, I would it's agree. Like obviously, you worked for it, and it's still going well. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so far so good. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Awesome. I just yeah, I think I'm sure there are other people that listen to the show that do kind of what you do, but as far as the people we talk to on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. still think you kind of carry the flag there. So yeah. just wanted to point it out. So that's cool. questions. These are like the, the normal questions about like guitar people. And we can take as little time as we want for, for these low hanging fruit questions. Um, I, I like fruit though. I like low hanging fruit. <laughs> What's a low hanging fruit? Uh, I have this like bullet that says gig survival. What is in your go bag? Oh, my gig survival bag. Okay. Actually, you know what's yeah, funny? Not like pedal, not pedals, not guitars. Like not like the yeah. stuff that comes with you. Yeah. Like all, all the stuff that you forget about until you need it. Yeah. Um, nice. Nice, Doug. Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay. So it's funny that we brought this up because I just recently redid my survival bag. Um, I I took it out at the beginning of COVID because I just you know, didn't I didn't need it. it. Yeah. Uh, and it was also like, like physically it was a terrible bag. Like it was literally <laughs> falling apart and I had to be like, I, I looked at it one day. I was like, okay, I got to make sure I, I redo that. Uh, but it's, so I recently had to do this too. I had to run to CVS right before, like literally 10 minutes before a gig started to buy an extension cord. Oh. So step one, extension cable, uh, Good. two power strip. If you can get one, uh-huh. <laughs> I also bought one of those cause they happened to be right next to each other. And I was like, well, why not? Better to have uh, than not need. So like power is big. Like if you want to be the guy who has like the 100 foot power cable, then cool. Like, you know, probably a normal size one will work, but like that's a little bit of a flex, but mm-hmm. definitely power <laughs> with like a, you know, here comes with, Eric with, with this hundred foot extension cable. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this guy. Yeah, but then, but, but we laugh, but like I've been to places where it's like they point us to the other side of the room where the yeah. le- nearest outlet is. And it's like, bro. What made you think this was okay? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, as we're trying to figure it out, like 15 minutes later, the manager comes over. Guys, we could just move you over to the other side. Of the- oh, okay. good. Thank okay, you. great. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, power is always there. Uh, any sort of cable that you think you might or might not need is probably there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got, let's see, definitely strings. I mean, that should be, some of these are going to be layups. Yeah, uh, that's, strings, that's what I mean. batteries, um, I know a lot of people like to carry tape. I don't have tape okay. on me, I don't think, at the moment. 
Uh, I keep a lot of like guitar based things. Like I think I have two capos in my bag just in case. Mm-hmm. And I use, I don't use either one of them. Like I have one on the guitar already. <laughs> so there's <laughs> but, three in your kit the whole time. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's in my bag. Nobody can see it. I only have one the capo yeah. that gets used. That's right. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I have a notebook in there for, it's, it's like my, it's, I guess you can call it my set list. I basically just write down notes because the, the main gig I do these days is acoustic duo stuff. And the singers I work with, they like to change keys a lot from the original. So like keeping track mm-hmm. of all the keys and stuff. Like, so I, I've kind of developed my own note system. But, you know, cool. I just keep it in a little notebook. Uh, you know, I, I have, I think my in-ears are in my gig bag for whenever I need those. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, I'm sure it's all like the usual things, extra cables, picks, strings, yeah, you know, yeah, like all picks. that garbage. Um, right. I'm going to swoop in on a, a bunch of these questions because, like, I have gigs too, but they're a super different type of gig, which, you know, I, I want to point out as well. Like, I do, like, the 45 minutes every two weeks <laughs> kind of yeah. gig. Um, yeah. There's all versus, types of gigs these days. Yeah, cool. and, and, like, so my thing is, like, original music local band thing with yeah. the shorter set lists of pretty much exclusively originals. And yours is, like, the longer form sets with singer songwriters or duo stuff doing right. covers primarily, correct? Yeah, it's like 90 10 probably. Maybe okay. 20 uh covers right. to originals. Mm-hmm. So Something in my like bag is stuff like strings, um cables, picks, like all that garbage, a flashlight, then the flashlight on your phone, I don't really think counts. Um, yeah. get a, get a good real flashlight. They make them very small. I have a great one that's USB rechargeable that I love and it's just, it comes in handy so many times because the phone thing, it's like, they're never that bright and it's always, right. it's your phone. And it's like, annoying. You know, if you're doing a bunch of stuff, like you'll, you'll drop it. Like, and yeah. I'd rather drop a flashlight. And right. You can't phone. put your phone in your mouth and <laughs> use both your hands. Well, you could. Well, I mean, right. But for a flashlight, come on. So it's like stuff. shining out of your cheek and you look kind of weird. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you use the wrong end. <laughs> yeah. You get your cheek closer over here. <laughs> um, I also bring a marker usually because we tend to print out our set lists ahead of time, but it's because they're not whipped up on the fly. So if yeah. anything needs to change, we just I have a red Sharpie and Draw I just an arrow to this one, swap yep. up this one, whatever. Um, so a couple of patch cables. A couple of power cables for my pedals, like from the brick to the pedal itself. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I used to bring like a ton of extra stuff, like I occasionally bring an extra guitar. But um, yeah, you know, usually I mean, we're a two guitarist band. So between the two of us, we bring three guitars typically. That's good. Like that's that's perfect. That's a yeah. perfect number. For yeah. the acoustic gigs, no way. No way. I'd rather mm-hmm. just, and I've had to, I just, I just like tough it out for the rest of the set with five strings and I'll just change it during the break. Like mm. I don't think right. I, I don't gigs think I have a anybody. Yeah. I don't think anybody I know uses two acoustics for an acoustic gig. I think maybe um, if you won, like if you had to switch to dadgad suddenly or something, maybe, but yeah, maybe. maybe. Okay. Maybe. I like that. Um, sort of a two part, maybe not a two part, but I'm going to roll them together anyway. Mm-hmm. How do you get your type of gig? And then how do you practice for that type of gig? How do we get my type? So my type of gig, I'm going to kind of maybe blanket statement as being like a freelance. I need you to do leads over my singer songwriter chord structure setup, 
or like a full band where I'm probably not the primary member who has to carry the mm-hmm. the band in terms of like a chord structure either. So like there's at least one other person doing chord stuff. Okay. At that point, what I'll do is listen to the songs a little bit. Most of, at this point, you know, again, I, I've been doing the same type of stuff for a long time. So the songs do repeat themselves after a while. And it's just sort of like, you know, this band might do it a little bit differently than this band, but it's still wagon wheel. So like, <laughs> I can probably yeah. figure it out. Right. Okay. Um, and I'm sure with a lot of pop music that might come into your set lists as it comes out on the charts, you can probably detect a pattern pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's a, this is probably going to come up later on anyways. But like having a good ear to do this stuff really does help because like I've had yeah. to figure this stuff out on the fly a lot. Uh, and and I will say nine times out of ten, it's not like a perfect go at it. Like I would have mm-hmm. preferred to have at least like at least one other time through it. But you know that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, having to a good for the other ear. types of gigs that I get, yeah. And like, how do I get them? Like, getting back to that part of the question, I it's really that's a big networking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, doing the acoustic duo thing, and actually, I've I've been talking about it. I talk about it in the in the Discord a lot. <laughs> Um, like I started working with a new singer for this summer because, uh, I saw a post in a Facebook group that is filled with nothing but people who do what this singer and I myself as a guitar player are in, like a bunch of people are in this group. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, the Facebook group thing is a huge plus for stuff like this. You know, it's like, Hey, I'm looking for this person. It's like, Oh, I do what you're looking for with this person. So maybe I could do it with this person too. So a lot of it's networking to get the Mm -hmm. gigs. A lot of it's networking. I'm sure Um, social media is a huge factor for that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's it's like just phone numbers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't, you don't really walk into guitar stores and see like phone numbers on a, on a ripoff thing anymore. Like that's not really, (laughs) yeah. I I just don't think, (laughs) I mean, somewhere in the country that probably exists. And you know, if you've gotten a gig off of that, then that's great. <laughs> but I don't even know. <laughs> if you've gotten a gig off of that in the last like 10 years, then <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's just easier ways to do it now. And you know, and I think people who do music, we know a lot of people who do music. So like, mm-hmm. you know, there's plenty of people to ask. Yeah. So getting them, a lot of it is these days, a lot of it's more based on stuff I've done with people already, more so than new people per se. Like, you know, I, I have to go looking for new things sometimes. Yep. Every now and then new things find me. But a lot of times if you're looking for something new, you have to go find it yourself. Right. Um, I hate and, that the and, like, answer. Go ahead. So I was going to say, I, unfortunately, I hate that the answer is like, oh, it's all who you know. But it really is it really for a is, lot of though. things. Like, um, it really is. Yeah, I think I'm trying to like frame this like based on that conversation in Discord a few weeks ago, right? So you're getting started gigging. How do you start? And I think I would recommend starting with some friends because you don't have to worry about the networking at that stage. Right. Um, and really go from there. It might spin off like, oh, you know, friend of friend needs somebody. And then it can like that's your first network link, right? It can yeah. just grow from there. Yeah, exactly. So, that's, and that's how that's I ended up in my band. Like, I, I feel like sometimes, like, it's like, it's not a big mystery. It really isn't just big, like, secret that, like, I'm not going to share with anybody or, like, nobody knows until you're doing it. Like, yeah. It really is that. Now, I don't think it's a secret. I think it's like that first, that first step, like that, not step, but the first um, extension, that first, like, link removed from your circle is the thing, right? 
How do yes. you find people that are not people you know personally? And right. that that's yeah. tricky to do. And that's why you that need tricky. networks and social media and things like that. Yeah. And and we're kind of dodging like the elephant in the room. Like you, you do have to be good. Like no one, no one's going to remember. Well, let's see. This is the funny thing. So a teacher of mine told me this once. He's like, remember this. People are going to remember you more if you're really bad than if you're really good. <laughs> okay. So and okay. I was like, oh, that's 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 100% accurate. So like, you know, if, if you're super good, then yeah, like obviously they're going to remember and like, hey, this is someone who I could use again. But if you're also super bad, they also remember that for all the That sticks out worse almost, yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. And it's like, so like just- you do have to be really solid at what you do and like – or. You know, I mean, being solid at what you do is one thing, but also like you just have to be like someone who's like easy to hang out with because that's like like playing well is like the eighth thing to worry about in some cases. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Doug in says cases. good is expected, bad is memorable. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Um, yeah, right. And like also just be a goddamn professional. You know, carry yourself. Like <laughs> yeah, like be polite. Like like it's, it's so dumb. Like like just yeah. be a nice person to talk to, and like don't be yeah. too nosy and. <laughs> Like, like, do your job, but don't be weird about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, we can, like, I feel like sometimes it's a little bit too businessy around some of the gigs that I do, but it's like, mm-hmm. no, like, we're just a bunch of, like, 30-year-old teenagers that <laughs> are stuck playing songs that we don't necessarily love. Like, like yeah. I used to work with this group that, like, we would literally poke fun of the audience on stage in front of them, like, as they were watching us in some cases. And, like, that's, I, I'm not saying that you should always do that, but... I kind of love it, but yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) Like, like don't do that in a way. If you're going to do that, at least be discreet about it. But Um, okay, so this was a question for both of us that came from Discord. That's the end of my stupid like boilerplate guitarist questions. Um, Craig just dropped out. That's lame. But I think GR is still here, and we're still recording solo, so I think we're good. Um, Do you plan on writing any solo music? Um, and the question was poised to both of us, and I think it means for me, solo as in me and not my band. Um, maybe someday I have like one thing out there I would like to do more, but there's like, I, ju- I just do so much better with other people. You know, I'd I, be Derek really, and the Heidmans. <laughs> I really prefer the collaboration of other brains and just other people's ideas. The thing with yeah. Delaney right now is like, the, I'll tell you, the trick that works for us really well is. One of us comes up with a riff, me or Matt, and mm-hmm. this is how it's it's so far been just like I bring a riff to Matt. I'm like, here's the thing. I like I think this is cool. I record it, send it to him, and then he tries to learn it, but doesn't want to know how to play it. You know, he doesn't want me to okay. teach him how to play it. He wants, he just wants to, to just kind of do it and however kind of it wants comes to, to him. figure it out, and then in figuring it out, comes up with a really great accompanying part. Gotcha. Because it's like not quite the same, but it's it's working out really well. It's sort of stumbling our way through. So, so interesting the- take on that, real quick. Mm-hmm. I feel like if that was in a different setting, you wouldn't be called back. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Yeah. So that's sort of um, contrary to what to some other ideas that have been floating around so far. Right. But this is purely original take. music. So and like we're yeah. writing new music here. So like that's. The creative thing. So, like, right. you're trying. Yeah, like for we're that. talking. The distinction would be something that exists already versus something that doesn't quite exist. Yeah, completely. and and one of our new songs. It's like one of our favorites so far. He was like fumbling through it, and I was like, "Well, it's just this. Like, here, I'll show you." And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. Don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out better when you don't wait, tell me." Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I love it. So I love that. 
Uh, as far as solo music, just me, maybe someday, not anytime soon. Um, I feel like you and I have talked a little bit about whether or not we you have. can write original music. We have. Do you want to answer for Now I got it. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say a big old no. It's so interesting to me. I, I, I want nothing <laughs> to do with it. I want okay. absolutely nothing to do with it. I would much rather, like I've said it to, I've been asked before a few times now. And it's like, and I will gladly sit down with someone who has, I, I guess we have to approach this from like a, a certain angle so I can kind of get my point across more. I guess I'm talking about like a person who comes to me and is like, hey, I have pretty much an entire song's worth of lyrics ready to go. Let's make this into music. Like mm-hmm. I would be able to give you a chord progression of any kind that you would want and have it be semi-workable right out the gate. Like, you know, I mean, that sounds, you know, that's. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I think the factor is. But like, you know. Well, like yeah, but is, I feel like. We're not I reinventing can do that the too. wheel here. I could do that too, but it's also like the, you just said like that you want. And I think right. the difference is like if lyric person wants, like it's what they're after versus like if somebody comes to me, like when I'm working with Matt and it's like, well, I want my part to be this. And I, it is because I said so because I'm yeah. writing it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, I just, I don't have the bug. Like I don't have, I, I, I can't approach music from a standpoint and I envy people who can, because like I can't separate myself from it enough to like get behind the idea of doing it. I don't have like the complete picture all in my head without mm-hmm. it sounding like literally like cookie cutter version of something else that's in my head that sounds, or that like reminds me of it. So oh, it see. just yeah. it, it never struck me as something that was super original for me because I just always admired what was being done by others who have done it before me. Mm-hmm. So like I, I, I don't have the whole picture in my head at all. Like I only have guitar and like maybe drums. <laughs> I feel like uh, you're right. Like, everything I have else like is some, sort of additive. Yeah, I get that. I have some kind of knack occasionally for like big picture arrangement stuff, and it comes out. There's no pattern to it. It just happens sometimes. I'm like, I've got vision coming out of my eyeballs. So like, let's just go with this because I said it's going to be great. And then sure enough, it's like usually really cool, but it doesn't happen yep. always, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with this part. What do you guys want to do? But every now and then it's just like, I have this, like, I can feel it in the ether and I need to just grab it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly wish I had something like that in me. Like, I mean, I've dicked around with, instrumental guitar stuff that requires like a looper and like four parts going at the same time. But five minutes into it, I'm just like, I'm done with this. I don't know. I, I, I can't like continue on into a complete thought and do that like seven or eight more times and call it an album. Right. And just, yeah. you know, I've never been able to never, I used to write like watered down dashboard confessional songs in high school. And I, you know, didn't like them because it was just like, you know, I, I think I was trying too hard to mm-hmm. do, to, to do something. And from a different angle, I got out of, a lot out of that, but it wasn't enough to well, be like, I want to continue this. You learn a lot from that. Yeah, you do. Um, and for me, like I, I tend to come up with singular riffs or chord progressions that I think are cool. That I'm like, this could be the progression for the chorus of the, of a song. Mm-hmm. And you know, if like this is the loop, we repeat it, and then this other section I feel like has kind of verse vibes or bridge vibes. And I'll just sort of piece them together. And then it's it's up to the rest of the band to arrange all that, like collaboratively. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So when playing in different bands with different styles, do you find yourself listening to that style of music to prepare for the gig? Um, in what way? The song That's specifically or the, the entirety the of the I th- genre? 
I because, um, I, th- I think I mean I'm sure your set lists vary pretty wildly, so maybe this isn't a yeah. A, uh, short answer, no. Um, okay, I just I, you know you're probably and, able to separate it like as work though. This is sort of a separate. Yeah, thing, right? that's part of it for sure. Like I don't. The, the funny thing, I, I love telling people this. Like the 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 number one music that I play right now is country music, and I've been doing it for five years, and it's not my favorite style of music. Like not even close. So like I don't listen to it on a regular basis. I only listen to it when I'm learning it, or if it just kind of like happens. Like you know, okay, every now and then I'll want to listen to something, but like usually not. And I haven't needed to simply because I played the same stuff for the last however many mm-hmm. years. Switching over to something that's more of a rock or pop thing, it's a little bit more likely for me to listen to it uh, just because. But even that, probably not. Like, I just don't listen to music as much if I'm trying to get into that feel because I guess I don't really have it. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I want to try to go into it as you know, naturally as I can and mm-hmm. be like, you know, obviously I want to try to play the role, but I also want to do what I'm going to do. Like whether or not I'm trying to sound like something, I'm still going to sound like myself, whether I'm, yes. I'm trying to do that or yes. not is, is kind of, I don't know if that's really the point to, to make or not, but like I, I could try all night to sound like a really good blues guitar player. And I'm still going to sound like me trying to do that. Like I know myself <laughs> pretty well, you know, <laughs> like, like yeah. I know exactly what's going to happen if I'm playing over song ABC or whatever. Yeah. So like, you know, Doug and Doug's asking in the chat sort of a follow-up. Like perhaps if you have a wedding gig that's heavy on a particular genre, do you listen to anything in that genre that's not on the set list for inspiration or insight into technique or convention, you know, style, you know, feel? I, I bet someone who's a lot better than me probably would. I feel like if I was <laughs> if I was asked to be in a wedding band, I would do that. But I I do not play in wedding bands. You know, like that's the thing. Right. You have this other experience, like this yeah. this history of playing music, playing guitar in this way that I think requires you to not have to do that. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that kind of keeps coming back to my head with all these, like with this conversation is the fact that like a lot of the stuff repeats itself. If you've played it right. one way for a little while, you know enough to be dangerous to go do it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And there's like there's like legit songs that like we could list off that like are a great example of that very like idea. And like I won't go listen to more songs by the killers just to figure out how Mr. Brightside is played because I've been playing Mr. Brightside for seven years. Like, sure. Okay. In varying different ways. Yes. Uh so like if you know it well enough, you can get by. Got uh it. you don't need to go listen to the rest of the killers to figure that out if you've been playing it for long enough. That uh, makes so sense. I, yeah. I think it's a case by case basis. Uh, I will be honest if I have to get into like something that's out of my, like out of my element, such as like metal or something like that. Yeah. I'd probably would be in a situation where I'd have to do a lot of homework and research on that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it would necessarily be stuff that isn't what I'm working on per se, unless there's something that I happen to end up liking and just kind of go from there, which is possible. Like that's not yeah, a, a I mean, possibility. So that's, I'm going to take this question a little bit because like I'm not, I don't play in different bands, but I do try to learn a lot of other styles of guitar and other styles of music because I think it I can take something from it and apply it to what I'm doing in my, you know, pop punk emo band kind of thing. Yeah. Um I'm like metal is not my favorite genre, 
but I do listen to a lot of it and I try to learn the stuff that really um, grabs me uh, because the, the physical technique of that is so fascinating to me. And I just really want to be able to have those chops at the ready. Basically. I want that, yeah, that left can... hand, right hand communication. I want the dexterity. I'm not going to go start a metal band though, right. but it's just your parlor trick. Yeah, and you every now and then I, I, I try to learn 12 bars of a periphery song, and then, you know, I drop my pick or something. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I, I used to want to do the, um, I used to want to learn how to play, uh, what's that really big song by Dillinger Escape Plan that everybody loved for like. Oh, pff, I don't know, man. <laughs> you, know, you know the one I'm talking about. They had a really, really big yeah. popular song that like was the most ridiculous guitar part I've ever seen. And I was like, I'm trying to read it or like, you know, read it, listen to it. Whatever. And I'm like, oh, I would love to be able to do that. And I literally, still to this day, I probably couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I think <laughs> Dillinger Escape Plan has probably the best band name in music. I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't oh, really yeah. know or care much about them, but that is one of the coolest friggin' band names. <laughs> anyway. I also okay. like Tony Danza's Tap Dancing Extravaganza. Let's not ruin this with a lot of talk. Okay. I mean, that's a great <laughs> name. That's, that's a great name. It's a great name. I actually, you know, okay, to be fair, I couldn't tell you what they sound like, but <laughs> but I, I, I doesn't matter the what the band is. Yeah, I, I I couldn't I couldn't tell you if they're a folk band or like, they're probably not a folk band. But mm-hmm. like I couldn't I couldn't tell you what they sound like. I just love that name. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, I like this next question a lot. If you could go through your musical journey and career all over again, would you do anything differently? Mm. And I think what would that thing be? It's just not a yes or no um, question. <laughs> so. Th- First thing that comes to mind, and this is actually, this is kind of a, a, a cheap answer. I would have been a slightly better uh, student in high school, so I would have gotten into Berkeley. Mm, okay. <laughs> I passed my audition, but my grades in high school kept me out of the school. Got um, it. Interesting. And uh, so who knows what that would have changed for me moving forward? Because like, you know, just because you go to Berkeley doesn't mean it's all like you're all ready to go. But um, I probably would have started there and seen if I could actually have gotten in and what I could have done at that school. I like where I went, though. I like Lowell a lot. I Mm -hmm. actually have a lot of love for UMass Lowell's music department. Um, With that aside, probably not. I mean, I did pretty well for myself. I'm still doing pretty well. Um, I definitely have some experiences in my back pocket that I've really enjoyed. And I could have found myself doing cool things probably in more than one scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm very happy with the way things have gone. Uh, so change it maybe here and there, maybe, but like overall, I don't think, you know, I, they, they, I kind of had this idea in, in my head when I was first starting doing a lot of work that like, you know, don't say no to anything, try to do yeah. as much as you can. And I yeah. still stand by that. Like, even if it means you have to drive all over hell's creation for like three weeks straight, which I've done numerous times, like just do it because you don't, you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, if you're not big on doing that for like, uh, like, you know, a lot of work for a little return, then yeah, you don't, you can go a different route with it. Um, so I don't really think the traveling aspect of gigging, like a busy gig schedule should be a, a deal breaker all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. besides, you know, besides little things like that, no, I, I don't know if I would change a whole lot. I, I like where I ended up. I mean, the, the experiences and the people you meet are what, it, I mean, not to sound like a Hallmark card, but it's, that's really well, what it is. Like it's I've, true. I've been to some, yeah. I've played some pretty cool places 
and I've made great friends in the process of doing it. So I, I, I did okay. Yeah, and good. I don't think that's I would, great. I wouldn't change it. I wish I could read music. I wish I had kept up with reading actual sheet music because there was mm-hmm. a time when I could, when I was a kid and like, I, I got it. It was no problem. And then at some point it just sort of fell apart. I don't know what it was, but maybe it was just like growing up distractions. Maybe it was cause I wasn't pursuing guitar as like a job and I, I didn't want to go to right. school to be a guitarist at that point. I knew that, right, but right. I do occasionally, not that I run into sheet music very often in my, you know, walk of life, but right. every now and then it would be nice to go like flip through actual sheet music for an album or for something that is really well known and just have it and know it and be able oh, yeah. to yeah. grab that and do it. You know, I have an I, entire score of the Rite of spring mm-hmm. and I can't do anything with it, but I'm, I just like looking at it, mm-hmm. you know, I could read it, but like, I also don't have a 40 piece orchestra or whatever the number is, you know, yeah, I can you, read. Yeah. And the only thing where reading comes in to play is for the theater gigs that I do. Uh, other than mm. that, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, like you can also just, you know, for $45 an hour, I'll teach you how to do it. I mean, so I, I can remember <laughs> what it was about sheet music that I knew. Um, cause I, well, guitar was not my first instrument, but then when I switched to guitar, the range, the tonal range of that instrument expanded the staff so much that I was like, not, yep. it, it threw me way off. Cause I was, I had started by playing clarinet and it would say it's such a focused, uh, register you know yeah yeah it's it's not a very big uh yeah yeah right. and, then, so, so, and then you move to guitar it's like right. twice as large as it's that. twice as large and then like well there's all these notes that are above and below the actual staff like what the hell does that look like what does that mean <laughs> and it, i had already been like so baked in with this other range that it just yeah. kind of threw me off and, and it yeah, was yeah. discouraging and i was seeing a lot of progress with guitar by ear training i i, I you know, humble brag, I guess. I have a really good ear for figuring out stuff just by trying it. Yeah. It's and important. so when you have a lot of when you have good success ear in with that, is just good. Yeah. When you have success with that, it's hard to stay interested in sheet music. I get that. I think. And, and like, let's be real, tabs. <laughs> Dude. Well, don't be so quick. A lot, like, I feel like tabs are, are even high. like I, I, I have, you know, I'm not going to shit all over my students tonight, but like some of my <laughs> students in the, in the early days, they really did struggle even with tab. Like, I'm not really sure if that's like a, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be hard pressed to say that that's like a, a, like sweeping across the nation with guitar students. I feel like that's not a problem everywhere, you know, but it could be, who knows? T- yeah. But like, cause to me, tabs have always been like the, the easy part. Oh but, yeah, uh, it's I I when I was it, learning it even it can still trip people up. When tabs were presented to me, it was like this is how you can learn a song real quick and it's like it's but it's not the way. You know, it's not what you want to be doing. It's just right. sort of like it's there and it'll get you by in a pinch sort of thing. Yeah. Tabs um, lack most of the time tabs lack uh the rhythmic aspect and that's they definitely really hard. Do. That that's yeah. really hard to um guess. If you don't know. So quick story. Uh, one of my students had his last lesson today. He's moving to Sweden for a year. Wow. So for a fun little thing today, I we learned the Swedish national anthem. Oh, red. What which a great I don't idea. know. You know, I've never had <laughs> right. to learn that on a gig. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> not in many set lists. <laughs> no, it's not in set lists. No. 
Uh, so I'm like, I'm looking around Google. It's like, okay, how the fuck am I going to figure this out? <laughs> like, and yeah. there's a tab for it. And I was like, okay. This like, isn't going to do just me play any it good because it doesn't give me like, it doesn't give me quarter notes. It doesn't give me eighth notes. It doesn't like, I don't know anything about. So like in that, like that's a very specific scenario. Yeah. However, yep. you know, <laughs> so I, I, in theory, if I knew the tune, it would have been just fine. But I don't just know the Swedish national anthem. So yeah, that's funny. But um, okay, next question: What is your favorite type of gig, and do you always feel prepared? Air quotes prepared. Um, I guess that means: Do you feel prepared for your favorite? Yeah, are gigs? those mutually exclusive. <laughs> do I always well, I, pre- feel prepared for my favorite gig? For your favorite type of gig, do you look forward to it and think like, I don't need to get ready for this. I got this. Yeah. You know. So it's interesting because one of my favorite types of I mentioned it earlier. One of my favorite types of gigs have has always been. Uh, theater mm. um, because it's one of the things you know not to not to knock everything else I do but it's one of the few things that still challenges me to that level mm-hmm. like reading a book for a show depending on the show is a pain and like there's just so much I think I've posted photos in the discord before like like mm. there's so much sometimes sometimes there's nothing and then other times it's everything yeah, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> like th- there are some shows that are super complicated. Like I I guess right now there's like this running joke that like every guitar player who plays through the Hamilton book like leaves with a hand injury. Um, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like okay. Um, so like preparing for a musical show, like a musical gig. Yeah, actually, there's quite a lot of prep that goes into that. Uh, and yeah, yeah, sometimes I've gone into it almost cold. You know, like sometimes I've I've jumped onto a theater gig and they don't give you the book until you show up for the first rehearsal. Mm. Um, so there's sight reading involved sometimes with that. Depends on how many times you've done. Like I've done Shrek like 18 times. <laughs> so like I know Shrek <laughs> relatively well. Yeah. But I still like having, you know, I, I don't, nobody memorizes a musical. Nobody memorizes a musical. It's so funny because like I learned all the songs I know are memorized. And this includes my whole catalog of original music that I've written over all these years, as well as any song I learned along the way, like covers and and just Easy, Doug. Easy. I'm just saying. (laughs) You're happy with your life having played Shrek the Musical 18 times? Easy. First of all, it's been like seven, okay? Haven't you heard of an exaggeration before? Uh, So anyway, I'm saying Seven is still a lot, though. It is a lot, yeah. (laughs) Like maybe time to (laughs) re-examine. Uh, like everything I do is memorized. And like as some summers ago, before I was in my band, a friend of mine did a, like a small, very small church production of Footloose and asked me to play guitar in it. And I was uh, like, yeah. yeah, let's go. And she handed me the book. Book one or like, two, oh, do you remember? Footloose one, one or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm, gosh, I've, I've done. I've only done that show once and I was actually book two for that. I can't remember. But it was like, it was just me, my friend Taylor on bass, and a drummer and a piano. And like, that was it. It was very bare bones. And it was like, oh, the book, I I don't need the book. Like, I'll just learn all the songs and I'll just keep them in here and everything will be fine. I'll just, not that I was like elitist about it, but I was like, oh, right. Like, people sight read and people like learn the music and then read it live. (laughs) Then when they're performing, like, that is, it was so removed for me. Yeah, um, it's a very different beast. It's a very yeah, different beast. It was, and I was like, God, and and theater music is nothing like radio pop or rock music. No, so you really need the book, unless you're talking <laughs> about like Mamma Mia or like, well, you know. 
<laughs> we just had a huge conversation about Mamma Mia like four days ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it's because there's a lot of even like so I did a, a short run of the American Idiot musical, mm-hmm. and like that you know it's all written out, but it also like they get redone, like the songs mm. got rearranged for the show. So they even still will be a little bit different than like the album version of American Idiot. Interesting. You know? Yeah. So like, and it, they probably, you know, I mean, I, I didn't really like go like a page by page comparison, but you know, they, there were some changes in there that were like little additive things that are just sort of like, you know, typical theater. I don't want to use the word cliches, but you know, stuff that you would expect well, to see in a show or something. Like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the styling of musical theater. Yes. Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, This is a great question. How do I keep my band members from, uh, sorry, how do I keep my band members or people I'm auditioning for finding out that I'm a fraud? I have a great answer for this. Call them a fraud first. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, You know, I mean, you could just not go. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Just not show up at all. Read the room. If you're pretty sure they're going to call you a fraud, just get out of there. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you prepare for a gig with a new group for the first time or I guess like a new new artist for the first time? Um I don't know if it's just about the gig or if it's like the starting up with a new group, like the the those early rehearsals and introductions. Yeah. Um I think for myself with experience that in these situations that I've had myself, um, let the songs do the work for you. Mm. You know, like, you know, if you're all getting in the same room to play these, like this list of songs, make sure you know the songs really well. And then just sort of like go from there. Um, as far as like the camaraderie and like friendships that you can like make from that, that comes in time. Like that shouldn't be mm. something that's forced. I don't think, um, I mean, well, I you'll, like, you can probably figure out pretty quickly if you're going to jive with somebody or not. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, don't be so quick to that, to judge on that. If, you know, the song, like, you know, worry about the music first. I, I would think, think also like the, um, like, yeah, don't, don't let the songs be the hang up. So like, if you do know them really well, that is not a thing that you have to worry about in regards to the interpersonal aspect of it. It's not like yeah. someone's going to have a, like, Oh, you blew the song, but you still want to be friends, and like th- yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's uncomfortable. Like, like we're all here to do the same thing. Let's make sure that that thing gets done, and yeah. it sounds good. And all the all the rest is kind of easy at that point. Sometimes, right? Because it's like the 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 song is the important thing. The music is the important thing in that context. Yeah, so definitely, definitely. Um, if you can do that, you know, no like no questions asked basically then everything else is just like meeting any other person musician or not right That's and i think I, I mean i say this I, like i, I have the, any experience <laughs> well I, I i guess the the level i don't want to see like you know not to com- I, i'm not what you know this i'm not really big on comparison like i'm not going to compare like a band yeah. i work with to like delaney necessarily like they yeah, might be it's a different, super different in a game. lot of ways but i'm not one to like do that like so i think the tier level of the band that you are getting into can kind of tell you what to expect with something like that mm-hmm. it's like okay can i get away with only kind of learning the songs if it's gonna be like a good hang and like if right. i'm the only one caring that much then i have to kind of reevaluate what i'm what my thought process is with this yeah 
you know? So like, yeah. if, like if there's four other dudes in the room that don't care nearly as much as I do, then I'm probably okay. Because if you know mm-hmm. that you can swing with the songs, then everything, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to, to be the big fish. If you can figure out that you're the big fish, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, that's and that's a not way. a power, yeah, good way to put move. It. that's not a power move. That is not necessarily a power move. That's just you. We are like, it's like you said in the beginning. Okay. My guitar tone is pretty good. I know that, but I'm also a really good guitar player. I know that too. So yeah. So like lean on show that. Show up to do what you're going to do. And that's cool. Like, you know, I, I guess if we're talking about something, you know, maybe the band is a startup and like, you're all sort of strangers to each other. That's one thing. But like, if you're coming into a group that they, they, they know what they do already, that's a little trickier. But at the same time, like, you know, so, own it. Yeah, I mean, do I can speak to this do. a little bit. Like, when I joined Delaney, they had an album out. They had three members. I had four. I was replacing one because the guy decided to leave. So it was like, they're, they're established. There is a, a, there is a library of music that I need to learn. And I'm going to learn it how I learned all the other songs I've learned my whole life. Just, you know, covering it, basically, playing along. Yep. Um and like I was not concerned with my skill as a musician. I was not concerned with my tone because I had that locked in. But I was concerned with um, playing the songs to their accuracy, you know. And sure, like that was the part I I took really seriously. I wasn't really because they like, knew it as one way already. Yes, yes, and I you wanted know, to like, like really recreate that for the purposes right. of keeping the band going until if, things had been rolling long enough, like it is now, where I can. Sort of take the right. reins with that a little changes, more. If they wanted changes, they would have asked you about it. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. You know? So I, t- I put a lot of pressure on that to like really learn the record the way that it was played. And now, yeah. you know, these years later, I'm I'm taking some liberties with that. Yeah. Uh, even though they they still feel like this, I find this this is a really funny thing. We talk about it on the podcast sometimes. Like we say, that's a Justin demo. That's a me demo. Because um, I can just tell like that's something I would have played. Uh, even yeah. if it was like ten years ago or something, right? Yeah, playing I mean, I someone else's be the same way. Playing someone else's music in original bands is super weird because it's like this is not something I would play ever, but I play it all the time now. Right. <laughs> it's still not something I would play. Right. right. So, um, yeah. Okay, we have a last question that was uh, a, a recording time submission from Doug in the chat. Do you try to hone your tone? Hashtag hone your tone. Hone your tone. <laughs> Do you try to dial in your tone as self as a self-satisfying endeavor or because oh. you think it legitimately enriches the music and the audience's ability to enjoy it? Or just like in hopes that someone in the audience is also someone who cares about it because they are a guitarist or a musician or something or some mix of all of the above. I'm going to add a layer to this. Are you okay. concerned with matching tone? Oh, to- oh man, you're a dick. <laughs> to um, the song, the cover okay. songs. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to put this, this question is, back in the chat so you can see it because it's kind of a long one. <laughs> can I, can why you use it in a sentence? <laughs> what is why do we tone? tone? Okay, <laughs> how does one uh, tone? So I kind of go at this with a. I, I try to go at this with a very simplistic approach. Um, I'm going to use an example. Okay, uh, uh, I'm going to use. Drive as an example, because arguably speaking, different types of drive is probably the most common and popular form of guitar tone, I would sure. say, between yeah. overdrive, distortion, fuzz, or clean. You know, mm-hmm. I would say that's probably 
one of the or yeah eq well yeah, eq happens in EQ. drive pedals too but okay um, but yeah so like i'm gonna stick with a drive sound for this and really at that point it really is kind of like there's a couple of factors that go into play here like how much of a student of guitar tone are you how much can you pick up on hearing something whether it's like you know is that definitely like a mild overdrive or is it like a super gated fuzz or something like that like you know mm-hmm. those are very two extreme examples however you know which one is which mm-hmm. um and you know so i kind of and then you kind of mix in what you also like yourself so if it's like something that's a little bit more like maybe it's older from like the 70s or something like that. And like, you know, I don't need some crazy, super modern sounding drive sound. I might go with something like a light overdrive or, mm-hmm. you know, something that's a little bit, it's not too in your face. Um, and like I have my entire little category of drive pedals that I use for that reason. So mm-hmm. like, you know, if they use, if one guy uses this effect on it, I might use this one and they might be completely different, but they're serving the same purpose to me. Yes. So like, you know. You know, not to get too like like you know like the tube screamer job doesn't do the clon job and vice versa, but like I still swap them out because I I think right. So I would agree with that. Like yes, EQ wise they're very different, but they are also occupying the same like low to medium gain overdrive space, right? Or boosting or whatever or whatever. Right? They they can do they can serve the same category, but the, the sound is still different. And, and that's where your personal yeah. taste can come into play. Because I hate tube screamers. I've said mm-hmm. it before on the like I I don't like tube screamers. I don't own one right now. I went from owning three to owning none. So you know, uh, I just like what the Klon <laughs> does more. So I use a Klon for that job than a yeah. tube screamer. And like, yeah, I know that they're not the same. I I get it. Yeah, but um, that's not that's not the point. And I think right. Yeah, being right. concerned it's, it's of my whether gig, or not, it's not the, yours. Let me do it the way I want. <laughs> all, right, and also like if if. That's such a thing, right? If the tone is inspiring to you and it and can evoke a a better performance or a different kind of performance out of you, the player, then who yeah. cares? Right. Right. Like, what's the thing we sent around in the chat the other day? Like, oh my God, are you not familiar with doing whatever the fuck you want? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I do like that one a lot. Imagine uh, living your life that way. <laughs> I don't know. Like th- this is a th- this can be a, a very convoluted answer, and I think that that probably sums it up in a pretty easy way. Like I'm going to do what makes sense because I'm I do consider myself a student of guitar tone. Like you know, yeah. if I'm doing something from the '80s, it was probably done either on a Marshall or on a Roland JC120 or something like that. Like so, mm-hmm. you know, like I I have the pillars that I can kind of build off of. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at my stuff that I use. And I'm like, okay, I can probably use this to do that job, and this to use that, and that can do that. And then before I know it, I'm I'm done with my with my gig. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. And, and we that's have the thing. staples that we always use, and that's great. That can change. Like you know, I mean, we joke about it all the time. I think I, I counted the other day. Oh shit, fourteen overdrives, something like that. Right, and One I of think bound to work. <laughs> yeah, right. Doug says authenticity. Like that's the thing. As far as like the audience, they don't care, right? They, there, there might be a yeah. thing of like, yeah, an audience member can tell the difference between a clean tone and a, and a fuzz tone, and right. they will know if something is off based on you're playing this part that's supposed to be fuzz, but you're playing it clean. Obviously, right. that's a major difference. But like, no one. No non-musician in the crowd is going to be like, I think he should be using a tube screamer. Yeah. Ooh. 
<laughs> is that a blues driver or is that yeah is that what you should like like no guy has nobody's ever come up to me and said that right like, and, and, you yeah. always get the guy like you always get the dudes who like they might know a few things and then they come oh i've never seen that that pedal there before where'd you get that like like yeah. you know like there's always that conversation mm-hmm. but I've, not once have i ever been like oh man you should have used the distortion on that part. I really wanted to hear the distortion on that part. Instead of two overdrives. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 That's a stupid thing. Yeah, like, right. And I'm taking a bath in that guy. Like, yeah. Well, it's like when the soul food came out, right? It's like 70 bucks. It's a Klon clone versus. I had it for a little while. I did too. And and versus something like a Mjolnir or a KTR even, or even a real Klon. Does the audience care? No. No. Nope. audience doesn't care. No way. And so like, I have this like huge, I want to do some, we kind should of do a study. thing where like we, we go yeah. into a club and like, like you have like a real clone versus like a soul food and you should be like, do you care about one of these more than the other one? Yeah. Which like, one do you think sounds better? <laughs> and, and articulate to me why? Yeah. It's like, do you, like are the upper mids like right in the, are they perfect for your ear or like, is it like just a little bit? Worse yeah, and like, let's not forget room? that every room sounds different. Every yeah. like mic on your cab sounds different, and like yeah, everything yeah. is going to sound different. And and that's kind of stuff doesn't actually matter. But yeah, yeah I mean, I like to consider. I, I like to study tone, right? It is. I, I I just enjoy crafting and tweaking tone a little bit here and there, and I don't personally consider like for me, it's totally self satisfying, and I think. My tone, oh, totally. of course, has evolved over my guitar playing years. But when I joined Delaney, I was like, this is the tone I'm bringing to this band. So, right. as long of, as it wasn't like grossly out of left field, they probably no. didn't notice a big difference. <laughs> no. And it was like maybe a little gainier or like the mid range was different than their old guy. But it, it's still like that stuff. I was like, this is what I play. And it's kind of what I enjoy the most. And it makes me want to makes me want to play my guitar rig. So that's what we're working with. And if that's a problem, then like we've got a different issue, (laughs) you know, like I'm not going to go change my, my whole guitar rig just to satisfy a five track EP, you know? Right. Right. So Doug brings up a good point. Like there really isn't any one way to do this. And that's, I mean, no, there isn't. that's, That's what makes it so great. Yeah. Right. And like with thing with tools like helix or even like you have an Iridium, like you can, you can be like, I want to, I'm doing a big tone. I want to like do a Marshall stack. Like, yeah, I would never actually play a Marshall stack in real life for anything serious, <laughs> you know, but I can for with through Helix type things for the fun of it, for the occasional, like just want to see what it feels like to play that kind of tone or whatever. Yeah. But like, there are way too many ways to get pretty close. Mm hmm. Like to get you where you need to be for literally any guitar sound you could think of or not yeah. think of. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's so much the audience. I think I'm really fascinated with this whole thing about like why musicians do all the little nuanced things they do. Yeah. And if well, I mean, affects, we've talked about it a lot. Like, you know, like, yeah, are you and, playing? And, are you pl- like, who are you playing for? And, and whether I or not that, that influences the listener or if it is. Because there's some things on certain records you hear, like, that's a little trick for the guitarists in the crowd. You know, I can't tell you how many shows I've been to yeah, where, like, Beth and I are there, and something happens on stage, not visually, but musically, and I'm like, 
dude. Or like, I'm laughing about it or something. And she's like, what? I missed it. What happened? I'm like, I can't even explain it to you. <laughs> did, did I ever tell you my story when, uh, when Sam, Sam gifted me uh, tickets to go see Mayor one year for my birthday? Nice. Did, did I tell you the story? No, maybe I haven't. I don't think so. Uh, and like, you know, so about halfway through the night, I, I, she looks over to me and I'm, I'm literally standing there, my hands on my chin like this, and I'm going like this. And he, I think he was doing like slow dancing or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of sitting here, and I'm like very obviously like analyzing focused. something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, focused. Right, exactly. <laughs> and she looks over to me. He's like, "Are you serious right now?" I'm like, "What? I'm sorry. It's just it's just this what is why I'm, we're here. Like, this yeah. is this is what I'm doing. Like like I'm looking. Like I can kind of see the dumbbell from the from where I was standing. And like I'm like, God, I would love to be on that stage right now." And like, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm seeing here, like, can I, re- like, and I, yeah, I, I was analyzing it and I wasn't doing it on purpose per se. It's just kind of what happens. And it's just what happens. Just, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this. Fun. Oh, I'm having a, a lot this of fun. This is the most fun. Yeah. Oh, contraire, my hot. I'm having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> this is, we've talked about this. Doug asked Justin a while ago of like his education and background in uh, recording and engineering has changed how he listens to music. Absolutely. And I think the same happens for uh, students of any instrument. Like when you listen to music with that instrument in it, you are just inherently analyzing something about it. Yes. Whether it's tone or playing style or whatever, you know, it's you're, I, the way I listen to music is not, I don't listen to like the song as a, as a total package the first time through. Like I'm mm-hmm. listening to individual parts and like, what is this tone and why did they do it that way? And like, I wonder how you play that. And that's a cool rhythmic sequence with the vocals. I don't know what the words are, but it's a cool rhythmic sequence and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it just, we are, we love what we do and that's just what it is. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's all part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's this weird. Like, is it some mix of all of the above? Yes, obviously. I think, um, there is no correct answer. However, I think most most guitarists, I think, are chasing tone in some capacity. Yes. Um, but I totally. think to, I think just lean into that, you know, chase it, go after it, dude. And like to, to the, the point is to chase it for the chase, not because of the end. I think that's a really important distinction. Yeah. And I, I know plenty of people that are like, if I could just do this, I just need like a, a um, like a Klon type pedal or whatever to really round out this sound, or I need a different, I need a six V six amp instead of yeah, this. I six think L6. I really need a, a 1981. <laughs> he said with a 1981 on order. Yes. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean though? Like it's, it's not about the end. It's about the journey. Like I hate saying that, but with this kind of yeah. thing, it's like super true. <laughs> <laughs> the gift game in the chat is very strong. Yeah. It's, it's really like just embrace that chase and do it for the chase. Like, there's always going to be a better thing. There's always going to be a better 1981 thing coming out, you know? Right. So just lean into that. Admit it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, it's it's like, so just last night, I, I put that idea to the test where I went to a recording session for a guy, and I used a completely new rig that I hadn't used before. Yeah. I used the Vox amp, which I haven't had very long, and haven't used in that capacity yet. And effects that I haven't used with that amp before, well, or or in that configuration, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, you know. So and I was just like, eh, just just gripping and rip it, let's go, and yeah. it worked out great. 
and I can't wait to hear what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and the guy, the guy was, he loved it and it worked, you know, and, and it was great. And that's, a, that's all it is. Right. And I, yeah, I, I, did, think- I did what I was asked to do and I sounded good doing it. And I didn't care about my distortion pedal and I didn't care about I my that, delay. I, I think, didn't even use delay. I think it was that's all, all dry. Everything was dry. I, um, somebody ages ago, I forget who, I don't know who it was. Somebody was asking me like signal path stuff, right? Should this go before this or like, how should I, guy was like a friend of mine from college. Like he was buying some pedals for the first time, simple mm-hmm. stuff. Like he bought a tube scream or a big muff, a wah pedal, like all these just like tube you know, screamer the, into the big muff. Right. But I, wah, I was explaining to, up front tube screamer. Into- <laughs> right, there are conventions for this. Um, because we've all kind of experimented with the same thing and come to the same conclusions largely. Right. But I was like, you know, they all work in any order and that's up to you. Like, that's the point of this is just try it. You know, it's just Velcro, just tear it up and do it again. (laughs) And that's kind of the goal, you know, and that, that was a little bit lost on him at the time. Yeah. I could see that. Well, I mean, look at like, you know, We've known, I've known my entire life to put delay at the very end. And then Biffy Clyro comes along and puts it in front of everything. Yeah, what Did a you know that? Lunatic. Uh, no, I know he plays a metal zone, but, yeah. <laughs> but he puts delay in front of everything. See, like. Isn't that and, and wild? It is. And Isn't that wild? That band kicks ass. So like, right. who am I? And you think, do you think the non-guitar players who love that band are like, oh, wow, that delay, that's in front of the distortion pedal. I, I mean, somebody out there is like, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, no, there's probably quite a few. But you go and listen to it, it doesn't sound wrong. Doesn't sound wrong, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and, and Doug is saying there's some combinations that play nicer than others. That's totally true, yes. um, especially for things that are like very sensitive, like types of fuzz and waz and stuff. There are definitely more correct ways to do that than others. But yeah, like just don't use a wah. Just don't right. bother. With. Yeah, throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah, it goes in the garbage. <laughs> but goes like in my... front of the trash can <laughs> on garbage day. <laughs> like I prefer phaser before my drive stage, but then everything else after my drive stage. And I, I know that's not super common for a lot of people, but I just think it sounds better. And whatever, like Matt in Delaney puts his volume pedal at the end. So yep. it's a master volume. I used to do, I've done that for theater gigs because like the one time my delay trail goes during the silent part and the and the the director looks at me and goes like that. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that, like that's a specific case. But like right. Matt's preference is to have the volume at the end so it can yeah. master attenuate the whole signal. Whereas mine is always in the middle. Been, mine is always in the front pre-drive because I want it to act like the volume on my guitar. Yeah. And I get that. I get that. But yeah. I use, you know, the volume on my guitar to do that. You do that. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> although now I got to say now on Helix, it doesn't matter what that foot pedal is doing because I can assign it to whatever the yeah. shit I want. Yeah. But see, <laughs> there you go. Technology is making our lives easier. Dude, the new the new rig right now is the 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 expression pedal on the Helix is operating as a volume pedal, except when you click it down because there is a clicky switch under it, okay. like a like a wah pedal mm-hmm. that engages expression pedal two so i have that foot switch tied to turning on a tremolo and then the sweep of the pedal is the rate of that tremolo oh wow and it's killer 
So, okay, so when you turn, essentially when you turn a wah pedal on, when you tremolo, click the expression down, yeah, it turns on. Com- it turns on, and then you're controlling. Would you say the rate? The rate, yeah. Okay. With wow, the, that's cool. It's great. I love it because it's tremolo sounds the best when you can vary some aspect of it, whether it's the depth or the rate or, or the shape or something like that. It is yeah. way more dynamic, especially for like the music I'm doing. It's way more dynamic and engaging than just this static rhythmic pulse. And if I right. want that, I just leave the expression pedal where it is. Right. It's killer. That's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. God, that, that really, I mean, even so the switch underneath, like uh, basically an expression pedal, that, that really, and right there, that opens up a whole new. Yeah, so that switch that's under there, you can toggle, you can turn on any parameter in Helix. You can set it that's to. such a good idea. <laughs> it's such a good idea. And then, yeah, so there's the single pedal, but it is expressions one and two, right? So you right. the click switches between expressions one and two, except the click can also bypass something. Right. Um, that's cool. Simultaneously? Yes. So, so the click is engaging nice. expression two and it can be set to bypass something. And then the, that's cool. you can express whatever, whether like the volume pedal is just an expression on a volume block, so to speak. Gotcha. So that's, that's wild. You can set it for See, rate, depth, and like you can, you, I could, you could express between all of the different microphone options on cabinets, right? This is a stupid thing to do, but one could do it. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, maybe you guys have said it on the show before. Like they've invented stuff that we don't know how to use yet. Yeah. They've given us this toolbox. And right. so, like, right. I don't we, know what situation I would be in where I would need to do that. I want to do that. Yeah. I never knew until right now, but I've always wanted to do this. And other crap, like because of the digital signal path, you can put a speaker before the amplifier. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, That's cool. Again, a dumb thing, but it's possible. <laughs> it's wrong somewhere. Yeah. And so now, like, we're experimenting with this at practice. I'm going to save this for the next show probably. But we set up my Helix to run an in-ear rig for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. got right here now. I've got a little pack of in-ears. Very nice. And it, it's like the sends, the returns, the ins and outs. And, like, I've got friggin' six cables coming in and out of this thing. And it doesn't break a sweat. Was the band welcoming to in-ears? Or did you guys already use them? Kurt and Matt use in-ears. Drums and, and vocal guitar oh, piano okay. use right. in-ears. And so they're not like completely new to it? No, no. Um, and we play to a click live. That's how they get the click. Gotcha. Uh, and as well as backing tracks. And then they just basically take the monitor mix off the board. And instead of sending it through a stage wedge, they just send it to their in-ear. Yep. So they can still communicate with sound guy. I need more guitar. I need more bass, whatever. Yeah. So I was like... I bet we can just send the click to the return of Helix, which I could send to the headphone out of Helix and listen to it mm-hmm. as well as listen to my guitar, as well as listen to like all the other stuff in the band. So it's super complicated. I still don't actually totally know how it works, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> don't question it. Just do it. Just, it just works. So, okay, let's wrap this up. I have a suggestion of the week. I hope you do as well. I do. Okay, my suggestion of the week. Imagine is, if we had the same ones. That'd be fucking great. <laughs> my wait, suggestion. Wait. Uh, you want to say it at the Go same ahead. time? No. <laughs> One, two. Uh, my my suggestion is a YouTube channel. Uh, this guy Mike Boyd. He's a Scottish YouTuber, 
And he does this thing where he just tries to learn something new, some, some skill, some task, something like that, and times how long it takes to go from never having done the thing to oh, being cool. able to do the thing. And he catalogs the whole learning journey. So he's done stuff like Rubik's Cubes. He's done juggling, how to, run a, how to do a wheelie on a bicycle, how to spin a basketball on your finger. They're mostly like physical <laughs> things like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's been your favorite? Um, the, the salmon ladder from Ninja Warrior, I think is one of the best ones, Okay, which, which is like the, my the wife pull watches up, that show. I the don't pull watch up it. bar which, that is, oh, that like you can move, you, like you jump and like notch it up a step yeah, each okay. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, throwing a boomerang, like the, he's got all these great videos and he times it and he tells you like, it took me six hours and 18 minutes to learn how to do this over the course of four days or something like that. And, and he wow. times it all out. And you see his progress and it's really, it's endearing and exciting. And you're like so happy that he learned how to do the thing. (laughs) And it just makes you want to get up and try to do the thing also. You feel like a part of his accomplishment. Yeah. And it's simple stuff. It's not like complicated, heavy duty brain work stuff. It's a lot of like simple things like um, he had this bicycle that was engineered so when you turn the handlebars to the right, the wheel turns to the left. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he wanted to, like, he sets a goal. I want to ride this bike for 100 meters without falling off. That's the goal. How long will it take? And then they just, you know, here we go. He says, this is day one, hour zero, start the clock. And he just starts trying to do whatever task. <laughs> and he makes these awesome videos. So that's cool. His name is Mike Boyd. Um, I would definitely recommend it. I've been just binging the whole channel lately. It's a, it's yeah. a ton of fun. Yeah, very cool. What about you? Uh, my suggestion of the week is Mike Boyd. No. <laughs> 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 um, so I've been listening to it's it's a podcast uh, that I've been listening to this podcast for a few years now. Uh, it's called Lore. Do you know Lore? No. So Lore is a podcast put on by a guy named Aaron Mankey, who I believe is actually a Massachusetts guy. I think he's based in the North Shore. Don't hold me to that. But I'm pretty sure he's, like, mentioned it in his show before. And it's like this... Um, well, <laughs> I won't use the word scripted per se, but it's like a very well-put-together um, walkthrough of a particular topic of folklore or like legend stuff and things like that. Like he's, he's gone through everything from like, um, that super, remember the, um, I feel like it's based on a, there's a book about it. There was like a a hotel in Chicago where like a lot of murders happened, uh, by this this one guy. I don't know that, but the tagline of the show is sometimes the truth is more frightening than fiction. And it looks like it's a nonfiction, scary story show. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, and, um, you know, so he's gone through all this stuff. Like the, this week's episode, it's funny too, because so uh, tone control is every other week. Lore falls on the other Monday. Oh hell so, yeah! So like you know, <laughs> I go one Monday is tone control, one Monday is is lore. Uh, so like this past week was uh, he went through like a bunch of stories of um, about lighthouse keepers and all Ooh. the crazy shit that happens to people who work. At I, I, I'm downloading that right now. And it's like, it's, it's cool. You know, I mean, he's done stuff on like, he's, he did like a haunted episode on the city of Atlanta, Georgia. 
and like all these different things. And that's it's, very it's cool. Been, it's it's a really really cool show. He has other shows that he does too. It's like this little network. I think he finally came out with like a a company that does a bunch of shows. Um, he's a pretty cool dude. Uh, very good storyteller. Like really good. Like it sounds really good. Uh, I also he also uses like a. I'm assuming someone you know, like you know, there's a piano player who like has all of this original music that kind of accompanies the show too. It's really good. Nice, nice. Um, okay. And you know, so th- and th- there's a lot of cool stories um, that he's done in the past. Um, so it's it's definitely if you're into like because I'm I'm into a lot of that type of stuff. As much as I'm into guitar, I'm also into like folklore and all these things. So mm-hmm. um, no, I'm yeah, just reading. It's, the it's, a, it's a really good yeah. show. I'm just, there's a lot of shows. This is one of my favorites that is in like this topic. Cool. All right. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll check that out. I'm kind of in a. I, I got to do a little podcast purge. I think I'm. I'm. There's some that I'm just not Dude, listening same. to anymore, and it's fine. And I just need to like get them out of my feeds and really admit to myself that I'm not listening to them anymore. You know, it's um, bad. So I was listening to a new episode of one of the ones that I'm questioning today, and starting in August, they're actually moving exclusively to Spotify. So I instantly unsubscribed because like they kind of made the decision for me. <laughs> That's, yeah, I would have done the same thing. That was like it was um, like I was actually like relieved. My my shoulders dropped. I'm like, okay, if you're getting this excited over a show, like unfollowing a show that you listen to, yeah, that, that's the signal. <laughs> that's the signal, exactly. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, good suggestions, Mike Boyd and on YouTube and Lore the podcast. Check those out. Um, mm. And hey, man, thanks for joining. Thanks for filling in for Justin. I appreciate it very oh, much. No problem. Thanks for. I think we me. had a really good conversation. Yeah. I hope I hope this people cool. um, enjoyed the answers. And hopefully, uh, I mean, hopefully. if they didn't, I, I I can't say I care a whole lot. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. But <laughs> I mean, that's what they get. It was their question. We we answered it. Yeah, they, know they don't have to is. like the answer. They Everyone know what this was. That. It was nothing. <laughs> nothing else entertaining. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, Not knowledgeable. It wasn't super knowledgeable. It wasn't yeah, like, you know, yeah. I didn't learn anything, but it was, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, I'd still like, <laughs> I'm, I'm very just generally interested in the different types of guitarists out there. Not just like genre types, but like, you know, you as a working guitarist versus me as a hobby guitarist is such a mm. different world. And I think there's a lot of, there's obviously loads of overlap, but oh, yeah. um, it's still pretty different. So I, I don't, I couldn't really do what you do and I'm fine with that. <laughs> Yeah, that's, you don't. <laughs> that's why you do it. <laughs> Someone has to. Uh, Somebody. Has okay, to. so let's get out of here. Um, yeah, so find the tone control everywhere you listen to podcasts, obviously, uh, including YouTube now. And if you really like the show, uh, come hang out in Discord. You can find us at discord.io slash tone control, and that'll that'll pop you in the server. There's all kinds of stuff happening here. There's people talking about guitar, obviously, tone, obviously, pedals, obviously. But we've also got things like books, people talking about movies and video games, and uh, even the more technical stuff, music theory things, talking about how to actually play your guitar, and just like whatever else is going on, you know? It's a lot of fun. So um, you can talk to me, you can talk to Eric, you can talk to Justin, and even Doug. So you can talk to everybody. Even um, Doug. Even Doug. There's like, honestly, there's loads more people in Discord, and the conversation is, you know, it's a slow drip every day of just some cool chatter. So head you know there. You cool? We don't have one dick. Like, there's not that yeah. one guy who, like, nobody wants to talk to. That's a really good point, yeah. So that's if, if, if that's like, you, don't join. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, or Doug if you says have we're to ask. If you have to ask who the dick is, you're probably the dick. Right. <laughs> Doug says we're not as clicky as we might seem at first. I would have to agree. So I would um, agree with that. You will, we just had a new member join today, you know, so it's it's really good. Um Discord is open and free to all members of the Tone Control universe. Um if you, you know, if you're here in the show and you want to join, just join. It has, there's no requirement. You can have access to the fun things. Um, however, if you like what you hear, you can go to patreon.com slash, what is it? The Tone Control with the, the <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Patreon.com slash The Tone Control. And uh, you can subscribe and pay us a dollar a month. This is not a dollar per episode because we do two episodes a month. This is a dollar per month. So it's really like... Guys, it's like $12 a year. Think about that, okay? You get a super cool like shout-out. my gigs. <laughs> you get a super cool shout-out that's about to come down on all of these suckers. That's a pizza. <laughs> right, yeah. Have one less pizza a year, and you can subscribe to the Tone Control. Um, you get some extra special love in Discord. You get a cool name tag that everyone knows that you're a paying member, and they, you know, you're just like a little bit cooler than the rest of everybody. So now... That's all well and good. But if you want, for two bucks a month, which is still like, let's be real, it's not that much. For two bucks a month, you get access to this super rad uh, private chat and recording booth thing that we're doing here. So when you hear us podcasting and you say, oh, the chat's talking about this, that could be you. You could come in and join and, and heckle and comment and have your own conversations with other listeners live. Uh, every other Thursday night at eight. So for two bucks a month, you get that a supporter plus thing with an even specialer name tag in Discord. So those mm-hmm. patrons for this episode are. So usually Justin reads this, uh, and I, I almost never read the patrons. And I had thought about making you read that, but oh, I'm gonna... <laughs> that that's a that's a tough <laughs> ask there. So I'm D. gonna let it slide, uh, but I'm gonna make you say your own name. How about that? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, those patrons Justin style and fuck it all up for this episode uh, 191 in the year of our lord <laughs> is uh, Matthew Fenslaw Risenwolf, Jamie Evans uh, Jamie Evans with a V what is my problem uh, Jeffrey Wright, Doug King, Doug Gann Righteous Ryan Johnson's oh my god you guys this is why I don't do this Righteous Ryan Johnson, Steve Huffman Jonas Sabatini the man himself uh, Enrico Jera Bilbo. <laughs> Enrico Jera Bilbo. Mark it. <laughs> Andrew Walsh from Andrew's Alcove. OG friend of the show, Brian Rizzi. Doug Christ of 37FX. Sean Wright of Lollygagger FX. And Brian Gower and Kyle McIntyre of the Tone Jerks podcast. We thank you all so much for your support, um, especially Enrico Jera Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you Thank typing. You, Are you like changing your Discord name now? <laughs> <laughs> Love no, it. No, okay. I'm not. Love it. All right, folks. Uh, yeah, we'll be back with things uh, pretty soon. I got a text from Mrs. Justin during the podcast with some more positivity. So everyone is doing really well. Um, awesome. send, send all your kind thoughts and vibes and whatever it is that you can provide. Uh, just, you know, they're, they're doing great. And, uh, We'll have more updates soon. So, anyway, that's the Tone Control. That's 191. Thank you, Eric, for joining. Oh, thanks and, for having uh, Of course. This was cool. Um, see I you, will gladly uh, come back anytime. Cool. Just kick Justin out I did miss the chat, often. though. I will say. I didn't, like, focus on the chat at all. That's all right. 
You can go back and look at it. In, in, I feel like in, I need uh... to be back with my people. <laughs> uh, okay, we're out of here. Talk to you soon. Bye.